Blog Talk Radio. Stop wasting time with Mr. Wrong and decide to prepare yourself to find Mr. Right. Mr. Wrong will never be Mr. Right. Now is the time to say goodbye to Mr. Wrong right now. Get out of the singles bars and off the internet because Mr. Right is waiting for you on your own personal divine path. Mr. Right wants to get married as much as you do. Mr. Right wants everything you want. Devoted love, acceptance, appreciation, honesty, validation, and faithfulness. So get ready to find Mr. Right. Join wedding officiant Reverend Marcy Ann as she shares with you her 20 years of experience meeting with thousands of brides and grooms and hearing their love stories of what works and what doesn't work. Every week, Reverend Marcianne will be expanding on the ideas and principles that she has written about in her book, 17 Things to Do While Waiting for Mr. Right, which is available at www.mrrightforme.com and at amazon.com. And now, here is Marcy Ann. Good evening, everyone. This is Marcy Ann. And I want to talk to the men tonight. Single men who might be looking for Miss Wright. And I want to start with an email that I sent recently to one of my clients. He was going to be going to a singles group in our local area. It's kind of a singles group for older people, you know, 55 years or older. There's music and dancing. You bring your own liquor. Sometimes they have a catered dinner, and they bring in uh, local live musicians that play music from the 60s and the 70s, and he's a product of the 60s, so he's decided to go. So here's the email, and I've got the email, and then I've got some commentary along the way, so I'll tell you when it's the email and when it's the commentary. Here's the email. Hi, G. Here's some hints on being successful tomorrow night at the Rock and Rollers dinner dance. First of all, don't wait for the women to come up to you. Go to them. A lady likes to know that the man finds her attractive and desirable. And a lady will wait for for the gentleman to come and ask her to dance. Don't tell them you like self-assertive women, that you like for the women to take the lead. A real woman wants the man to lead. She wants to be, she wants the man to be the man. (laughs) And she wants to be the girl. Okay, here's commentary. Or at least women used to want it. Women used to want this, but... I'm not so sure anymore. And just an aside to you ladies listening tonight, men aren't sure about this either either anymore. And that's what is producing men like Mr. G. Um, They think this is what the woman wants. Come charging in on your white horse, honey, and take me to bed. I'm here for you for all of your sexual needs. Ravish me. But I've talked to... uh, Thousands of women and all my brides say they want the man to be the man. And in telling me their love story, 
in 99% of the cases, it was the man who made the first move. In some instances, it's a mutual recognition at the cellular level, and usually these are love stories that begin with a connection through the eyes. And this connection creates a magnetic field that pulls them together. Many say they were were together from that moment on. But in every case, the man made the first move. Well, except in the case of the bride and groom I married earlier today at the beach, (laughs) which is why my show is at a different time tonight. My regular time is 5 o'clock, but I had two beach weddings today. Uh, This couple were both at a bar, and they hadn't actually (laughs) been together at the bar But they were both leaving at the same time, and he realized his buddies had already left. And he'd had too much to drink to be driving, and he was just standing there looking pretty pathetic. So she asked him where he lived, and it was on the same street where she lived. So she said she would take him home. Uh, She took the keys to his car as collateral. She put him in her car, and she drove him home. But they were together from that moment on. Now, this is the 1% of the story because there's always going to be that 1% uh, like that, you know, is not like the rest. (laughs) In this case, it worked out okay, but I wouldn't advise this as a normal practice. The next day after he sobered up, she drove him back to his car at the bar and gave him back his keys. But by that time, the die was cast. The connection was pure and true, and I married them today. Okay, back to the email. Don't talk about yourself at all. Talk about her. Show her you're interested in her. Give her your undivided attention. Look in her eyes and tell her she looks pretty if if she does or that she has a pretty dress on. And ask her questions about herself. Does she have a career? Does she have any hobbies? Married? Children? What does she love to do for fun? And listen. Really listen. Don't be listening while you're trying to think of what to say next. Because in our therapy sessions, I tell you things, and in the next sentence, you'll suggest or say something that tells me that you didn't hear what I said at all. And this makes a woman feel like what she says or does isn't important to you. The woman is going to ask you what she wants to know about you. So answer her questions. You don't have to volunteer a lot of information. If she's interested in you, she will find out what she wants to know. So many women tell me, well, he just sat down and talked nonstop about himself. He never asked me one question about me. I could tell he wanted to have sex, but for God's sake, he didn't even know my last name. It was all about him. Well, here's my contrary commentary about this. When a man is on the prowl to find a sexual partner, this is usually how he acts. A man is very strongly connected to his penis. And if it is the penis that's directing the show, that's what's going to be directing the attack. And I know that's a strong word, but it will be a full launch. Men are linear. Create a line of attack from problem to solution. 
But a man, but if a man is looking for a life partner, he's assessing different kinds of things. He's a lot more relaxed, and he has the time to be focused on the other person. He's looking for characteristics that are going to tell him whether this person is a loving, nature, nurturing person or not. Someone he can trust. Someone who will have his back, pour oil on his wounds and comfort him, stand by him, be faithful to him, perhaps have his children. Remember, a man still needs the love of a mother, and he needs to have sex. Okay, back to the email. When you dance, if it's a jitterbug or fast dance, go for it. Dance up a storm. But keep eye contact Be looking at each other. It's about being together, not to show off how good a dancer you are. And if it's a slow dance, take that woman into your arms and hold her close. Pull her into you and dance cheek to cheek, heart to heart. It's about connecting. So you can see if there's an electrical spark. Try not to take anything she says personally and react in a defensive way. Allow others to express their opinions without your judgment. As others express their opinions, you'll begin to know if the two of you are equally yoked or not. And if there is someone there tomorrow night that you feel a connection with, make a date with her. This assures the lady that you're really interested and you will be creating an energy vortex together. And then call her in between the time before the next date. Remember, women want romance. If a a woman feels like the man really cares about her and seems to be really interested and not just in having sex, she will likely be more open to having sex once boundaries are established. But to push for sex on a first date without any discussion of relationship boundaries is rude and disrespectful. Gentlemen, if you need sex that bad and that's all you're really looking for, go to a prostitute and pay. Slam damn. Thank you, ma'am. And to try to get sex by using sympathy is being needy, needy, needy. And it's a real turnoff to most women. Only desperate women will go for this, but a self-sufficient, confident, strong, independent woman, woman, which is what you say you want, is not going to go for this because she will recognize your need to manipulate and control. It's not our problem that biologically you need to have sex, and it's not our responsibility to take care of your need for you. <laughs> That's what that big white thing hanging down there at the end of your arm is for. Until you've made your intentions regarding the long term very clear. We want to be the only one in your life. We want to be adored and worshipped and to be the most important part of your world. Even if the two of you were married, it's not the woman's obligation to have sex every time the man wants to. Because men and women's clocks run counterclockwise sometimes. And the hormonal systems of a man and a woman are totally different. 
the man needs to be loving and respectful of the woman's biology, and the woman needs to be loving and respectful of the man's biology. And then when a couple knows that they're being treated lovingly and with respect, there's more synergy that can be exchanged at all levels. And take it easy if you do start to have sex. Don't get into the biting, nail uh, hair pulling, kill the woman with a penis down her throat, and keep the slapping stuff to a minimum at the beginning until you test the woman's tolerance for this way of loving and being loved. Remember, you are in the less than 8% of the population. You're going to need to find another person that's in that same 8%, or you're, otherwise you're not going to be matched in your union. These are helpful hints from a lady who speaks from a little bit of experience and a lot of education and training. You are an extremely handsome man with a good body, and you're really, really smart. And I wish the best for you in finding a a mate at this time in your life. But remember, even George Clooney was alone for a while because he, he felt that he was deserving of someone as good as he is, and he found her and you can too. Well, Mr. G emailed me right back and said, I never approached the woman. I have to have lots of signs and signals to even be able to engage at all. So I emailed back, Hi, George. This sounds more like Georgette speaking. You know what, this guy's going to go to this singles thing and probably sit by himself with that look on his face of, I dare you to come to my table. (laughs) And he will eat and watch couples dance for a while, and then he'll go home in a huff, hurt, and not understanding, which will continue to reinforce his belief that there are no good women out there. And he is very handsome. And he is really smart. And I hope that I can help him move into a carefree confidence in himself and what he has to offer in a a relationship that will give him the courage to engage in social situations and be able to reconnect again. Well, today I had two weddings. And I have a questionnaire that I have the bride and groom fill out so I can write a personalized romantic ceremony for them. And I ask, what are the three things that you love about this person who is going to now be your life partner? So the first one said, it's just hard to explain, but we are each other's everything. And the and these these people had, uh, these were... Uh, older people that already had been married and had kids and um, had had to live their life as a single person for a while, you know, just being the mother and the father of the children. And then the bride at the second wedding said, he's funny and he makes me laugh and he's a total gentleman. He even opens the car door for me and I love to look in his eyes. And I see that he adores me, and he makes me feel like I am the most special person in all the world to him. 
And the groom said, she is my rock. She is calm. I depend upon her logic and her intuition about things. And when I look in her eyes, I see that she is going to always be by my side and never leave me. And as I did that ceremony, I had that sense that this was an eternal one. And um, it would uh, go beyond uh, the days of mortal flesh. Now, men, I, I know that it's hard for you to be alone. And if you think about it, I mean, what is your experience when you first open your eyes and take your first breath? You're in the arms of your mother, and you're sucking at her breast. You feel her heart beating in her warm and soft body. And you're nourished and content. You feel loved, and you feel safe. So in the whole scheme of things, the woman is the first in the life of a man. He's dependent upon her for his life. She watches his every moment from then on. She instructs him. She feeds him. She bathes him. She provides clothes for him to wear. She tells him what to do. She tells him what not to do. She is the source of all wisdom and knowledge for him. And you know what? He gets used to having this. And when he grows up and looks for a mate... He wants everything that he got from his mother, plus be able to have dependable, regular sex. He receives love from the woman, and he gives love to her, usually by having sex, but also by being her protector, defender, and the hunter-gatherer. Or, that is the way it used to be. I mean, today everything is really in chaos. And it's created a culture where neither the man nor the woman now has any really clear idea of who they are and what they're supposed to do with each other. Men just can't figure it out today. And what it is that the woman wants. And all the man wants is to have a mate who will feed him and have sex with him and give him the benefit of her intellectual and emotional support as well as the physical comforts. Ladies, a man is much more fragile than you realize. You know, sometimes he's just still that little boy who wants to sit on his mother's lap and have her sing soft kitty to him or fix him a bowl of hot soup and a toasted cheese sandwich with a cinnamon happy face on it. It's hard for a man to live without this woman environment. It seems very unnatural to him because it began in the womb. And that's all he's ever known. And even if a man has had a bad mother, and believe me, there are a lot of those men out there, and they are more damaged than a woman who didn't have a father. The the man still needs to be with a woman, biologically, emotionally, mentally, This is why it's so hard for you men to be alone. And guys, you know that this is what you really want. You want the woman to make her her primary interest. And guys, the woman wants to be your primary interest. And then when you have two people whose primary interests are each other, you have a good chance to have a good relationship. 
However, to be totally successful, each person must become a fully realized human being who isn't looking to the other person to fulfill them. Because it's each person's own responsibility to see that they are fulfilled. And then they can make their primary interest the other person because they've already taken care of all their needs themselves. And then you aren't coming together to get something. You come together to be together and enjoy each other as a human being and to be able to have expressions to your ideas and hopes and dreams and enjoy physical companionship and sexual comforts. And if you're a guy and you're divorced and now your wife is living in your house with some other guy, you've got some things you might need to deal with before you could start any relationship with another woman. I mean, I have one client right now, a new client, who struggles every day to keep himself from going over to his house and strangling that guy living there with his wife. Oh, yeah, they're divorced. But what I asked him to consider was that it was his wife who decided she didn't want to be with him anymore, and she chose the new guy. But he just can't deal with that yet. He's been in this miserable state now for four years. And he's been working with a pastor who has been telling him that Jesus is coming any minute and we're going to be raptured out of this mess anyway. So just be a patient a little longer because soon his wife and this new guy will be in the terrible tribulation and they will be punished. Now this is a 35-year marriage that fell apart. She told him that now she isn't sure if she has ever loved him. So not only does he have to deal with the fact that she's now having sex with this other guy in his house, he has to consider that apparently for the 35 years that they were together, perhaps she never ever really loved him. Even though she told him she loved him. And he says he never cheated on her, not once. And I know I'm only hearing one side of the story, but this is a terribly damaged man everything that he considered was his life is gone and his wife is now living in the marital home with a new guy younger than she is and the most sad part of this is that he and his wife had three children and two of them are still in the home and he has restricted visitation because he totally came unglued when he got the divorce papers and found out that he'd been, his wife had been having this affair all along and he threatened her and the new guy and he had a weapon. So now he's considered violent and dangerous and he has supervised very, very restricted visitation only and he is mad. I mean, he's furious. He's mad at God. He says, I didn't choose to be born and come to this terrible place. And then he says, how can I believe that God would love me anyway if he'd let all this happen to me? And then he's mad at himself for being such a stupid jerk 
and he is mad at his wife. He hates this other guy, and he's in a serious mental and emotional state. And when I told him that Jesus wasn't coming soon, that actually isn't coming at all, he said, oh, well, lady, thanks a lot. You just made my day perfect. I asked him if he would consider a week of New Age counseling, one hour a day for one week, and then see how he felt about things. Uh, I offered it to him pro bono because he's totally... Uh, tapped out at this point. He's living in his car on the street. So I told him I would give him one week. I said, do you want to do that? He says, okay, why not? What have I got to lose? And I said, well, there is just one power, and that power is love. And right now, your love is manifesting negatively as anger and rage and hatred and revenge and violence. So what have you got to lose? Anger and rape, rage and hatred and revenge and violence. And what have you got to gain? Calm, peace of mind, having understanding, rest, being able to express yourself again as a loving person? He looked at me and I saw in his eyes, yes, that is what I really want. So the first thing we worked on was the I didn't choose to be born part. Because the truth is, that's the only way anyone can get to this particular planet, is to choose to come here. Because this is a planet of free will. You can't get here any other way. And there really aren't a lot of planetary systems that are governed by the free will of the individual. I'm not sure that even any of the rest of the planets in our solar system are free will planets. I do know that Mars is a rehabilitation planet for damaged souls. So they are there without the free choice to leave until they are completely rehabilitated. And I told this man that he could just continue to sit on the pew and wait for Jesus to come. But the end result of that is going to be that he's going to live out the rest of his life in misery and then die and go to Mars. Now, Earth is in ascension rising, and part of Earth's ascension is tied to a global collective that chooses to live together in unity in love and light. Now, in the beginning, the use of our free will was not understood very much, and the early humans didn't realize that they were using their free will to create everything (laughs) that was happening to them. Early humans blamed evil spirits for stuff that happened that they didn't understand and that that seemed bad. And they set up all kinds of ways to placate these evil spirits. Early shamans would mix potions and dance dances and smoke peace pipes and beat drums to try to get rid of the evil spirits. Did you know that the bells that rang out on a couple's wedding day was to rid the area of evil spirits who might try to hurt them? And the groom carried the bride over the threshold to keep her from tripping on the evil spirits that were hiding there who would try to hurt her, especially her womb, to keep her from having any children. 
So in the beginning, because of human inexperience, things didn't go very well. And because of our system of free will, aliens came here and took advantage of the situation and began to set up powerful systems that were created by their intention to manipulate and control the developing human. And a lot of those systems are still operating today. Now, Jesus came and lived his life here to show the human that he was more than a robot who could be manipulated and controlled by others outside of himself for their benefit and not his own. And Jesus said that God is love. God doesn't just have love. God is love. And that love was the breath of life within each person. And he called this breath of life the kingdom of God. Sometimes he called it the kingdom of heaven. But now, down through these last 2,000 years, the truth that Jesus came here to teach has been reduced to when you die, you'll go to heaven where everything will be wonderful. Or more so today, even than when I was an 8-year-old girl, Jesus, they're saying, Jesus is coming soon. He'll take us out of all of this and where everything will be wonderful, and then there will be this terrible time where evil will be revealed and destroyed, and then we'll all come back here and live in the kingdom of God together. And Jesus also lived the type of life that a human is supposed to live. Okay, I just ran out of my scheduled time, but I'm going to go ahead here because um, in the archive, uh, it will be here. So Jesus lived the life that a human is supposed to live. Jesus was a human, and he lived his life to demonstrate what a human has the capacity to do. And he ended his demonstration of the type of life that a human can live by by uh, resurrecting himself from the dead and ascending in the presence of 500 witnesses. So Jesus is now in another dimension where he is a master teacher, and we also have that very breath of God. Some call this uh, breath of God the Holy Spirit, but it is within each and every one of us to lead and guide us into the truth for our life so that we can live the life that Jesus lived. He was never sick. He had plenty of money. He healed people, could walk on water, stop the storm, multiply food. And he said we would be able to be doing things he did and greater things. Well, I asked the son last week, to wait so I could do the wedding ceremony and get finished so the bride could still get her sunset pictures at the ocean. And it did. Bride's mother was astonished because she heard me ask the son to wait. And then when it did, she went all around to everybody and said, the minister asked the son to wait, and it did. She asked the son to wait, and it did. You know what? You can't argue about it because the son just sort of stood still (laughs) while we did the ceremony. And then it began to go down so she could get her sunset pictures. And we're never to be sick. 
and we're always to have plenty of money. And we all should be ministers in some way that helps the groaning creation. And I asked this man who is so angry if he would like to be a human like Jesus. And he said, yes. So I said, well, then you know what? You're going to have to choose to be here and choose to begin your training to be in God's army. Because everything that has happened to you has a pearl of great price hidden in it that will be part of your power to be a human being like Jesus was. And then you can stay here and help us make things better. Your choice to be here is the key that will unlock the kingdom of God to you. So let's get started. So the next day, when he called, I said, what have you decided? And he said, well, I've decided that since I'm already here, I'll choose to be here. But I have to tell you, it's a 50.000001% choice. And I said, well, you know, that point zero 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 one percent is all we need to get started. That point zero 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 one percent is all that's necessary. Now, Jesus said that he was the ma- measure of the stature of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So let's set that as your goal, to be 100% here and at work in the kingdom. And he said, well, how am I going to find out what I'm supposed to do? And I said, we are going to go into all those places that you're so mad about and find that pearl of great price, that part of the truth that's going to become your truth. And it will be revealed to you then what your job is. And then we discussed his concepts of love because they are really messed up right now. So his homework was to begin to think about how he would like to be loved himself and in what ways he feels he could express love to others. And I'm going to be developing a mantra for him that will help him uh, to begin to love and accept himself. Because, you know what, as he's able to experience loving himself and accepting himself again, we then will begin to develop his reconnection to God. The truth is he's already connected to God, and he's never, ever been unconnected, because no one has ever been unconnected. Our connection is our breath. So if we're breathing, we're connected. But if we're in resistance to even being here at all, this cuts off from the benefits of being connected to God. And this hurt and angry man needs to begin to see some benefit of still being here. Well, gentlemen, tonight we've looked at some areas where perhaps you might have some experience in yourself. And to be ready to court a woman, and especially if you want this woman to be a lady, and the one who's going to love you and nurture you and share her intuitions and her goddess wisdoms with you, 
take a look at what you are going to be sharing with her because she wants you to share your whole self with her. And it isn't fair for you to subject her to all the fears and angers and hurts and wounds of the past. Just begin now to get that stuff cleared out and released so that you can be free to be the person whose power is only love and who's ready to love and to be loved. Thanks for listening to The Finding Mr. Right Show with your host, Marcy Ann. You can purchase Marcy Ann's book at www.mrrightforme.com or reach Marcy Ann at www.marcyann.com. And please join us every Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time for more ways to Finding Mr. Right.